Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In today's episode, we're looking at a recent cattle mutilation case that happened up in Alaska. It's an interesting case. I think you'll like it. I'm going to look at a couple different articles that were written, and I want you to just see if you can notice a difference in the narrative that gets pushed in these things. Because it seems like no matter what topic that we discuss, but especially in the topics of UFOs, paranormal, that sort of thing, there does seem to be a debunking narrative that uh, is really pushed hard on this stuff. I watched a YouTube video the other day, and this young guy was talking about how different it is today doing a Google search than it was, say, five or six years ago. How, uh, you know, years back when you did a Google search, you would get up just almost limitless pages because they would, if there was a million results, you could just sit there and search and search and search. But now you're being limited to, I don't know, I think you said around 40 pages or something, less than 400 at least. So, so what they're doing is they are... Um, they're really deciding on what you get to see. And I find this a lot when I'm doing research on uh, the UFO stuff, especially cattle mutilations. If you go through 20 pages, probably 19 of them are going to be debunkers. It's extremely frustrating, extremely difficult to just get good factual information. And I think you can kind of see in this article, there's a lot of good factual information, but there's still this drive to push a narrative, and it's it's got to be coming from somewhere. Now, the article starts off, the title says, we've seen this before. After cow mutilation, Delta Junction ranch, ranchers put up a $2,500 reward. Now, isn't that interesting? Their first reaction was, we've seen this before. The article says, Alaska State Troopers are investigating the killing and mutilation of a cow near Delta Junction. The ranchers who own the animal are offering a $2,500 reward for information about its death and the disappearance of two other cows over the past couple weeks. Tangie Bates and her husband Matt own 300 head of cattle, and because that's not enough pasture, because there's not enough pasture at their ranch, they keep most of their beef cows and other farmers' fields. But all that changed this week when kids next door to one of those farmers found a dead cow. Quote, it was a couple eight-year-old girls that found it, Tangi Beats said. They were out playing. She said the girls found the cow on Wednesday in the woods that surround the field where she and her husband kept about 100 of their cows. Now, I think this is a very important sentence that the author just kind of glossed over. She said the girls found the cow Wednesday in the woods that surround the field where she and her husband kept about 100 of their cows. So I'm assuming here that the cows are in the field, and there's probably a barbed wire fence around that field to keep the cows confined. Well, my question is, how did that cow get into the woods? Why wasn't that question asked? Can you see what's happening? Step number one, don't ask obvious questions. A week prior, she said, they'd found the carcasses of two other cows that had gone missing, and they weren't sure of their cause of death either. Okay. First question, 
where were they found at? When, where did they go missing and where were they found at? I mean, how far were they transported or did these cows wander off to? How did those cows get there when they found them? But Bates said the third cow, a lactating female, had clearly been killed and mutilated. Quote, they had cut her ears off, cut her udder off, her reproduction organs, cut her eyes out, and back straps out, she said. Bates said some people have suggested the cow was killed by a predator like a bear, but she disagrees because the incisions clearly were made with a sharp edge. Quote, we have a butcher, sh we have a butcher shop, she said. We know the difference. Well, anybody that's, that's butchered animals or been around where animals are butchered at knows what it looks like, and it doesn't look like a cow mutilation, let me assure you. Bates and her husband have been operating their farm and ranch in Delta Junction for about six years, and she's never heard about any cattle mutilations in the area during that time. Nor has Scott Mirage, another Delta Junction rancher who's also president of the Alaska Farm Bureau. Okay, here you go. So they've told you basically what the facts happened. Okay, they didn't really ask any serious questions. They just said, hey, we got this mutilated cow, which is enough in itself. But instead of going deeper and, inv and doing a good investigative journal journalism, they bring in the debunker. The debunker. I haven't run into such thing, such a thing, he said. Well, then it must not be true. If one person hasn't run into a cattle mutilation ever, then I suppose it must not be true. Morange said he's perplexed by the cow killing, too. He said he suspects the cows were killed for food because the animal's back straps were cut. The two long strips of meat that run along the spine. Okay, first off, you know... I don't know. I'm not a butcher, but is that the piece of meat you want? Wouldn't it be easier just to cut off a couple of rear quarters of the legs or something? I don't know. Secondly, if these animals were killed for meat, why would they take the time to cut out the eyes, you know, the, the, the sex organs, all that stuff? That would be an awful lot of extra work. Hey, I'm out here in this field stealing this uh, stealing this animal. I think I'll go ahead and take the time to cut out all these organs. And you know what? I'm rustling cows. I think I'll even go ahead and cut out the sex organs of this cow. You know, when you really examine that idea, I'm sorry, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of dumb. Secondly, if the cow was in the field, but they found it dead in the adjacent woods, okay, I don't know if that's 10 foot away or 100 feet away or a mile away, but I'm guessing there, there, there is a fence in between how did that cow get across the fence? Okay, There's got to be a fence around these cows, otherwise they just wander off. You know, that's what you do with these cows. You put fences around them. Maybe if you're out west where you've just got thousands and thousands of acres and you don't care. But I don't think that's the way it is in this particular area. He says, meat, gro meat groceries are getting pretty doggone high, he said. And you're probably going to see more instances of something like this. Okay, you're just kind of piling on the denial phase here, from debunking to denial. Look, if people are so desperate that they're going to go out and kill a cow and take the meat, and only take the back strips, they're not even going to bother with taking the rest of the meat, just take the back strips. Do you really think that they would take the time out there in the middle of the night in Alaska, in bear country, are they going to really take the time to harvest the sex organs out of that cow? For what? But the high cost of beef also means that Bates and her husband will have to pay some $2,500 to replace each cow. And that doesn't include the loss of revenue they would have gotten from the sale of calves 
the cows would reproduce. The short-term value is $2,500, but the long-term value of that animal is I'm losing out thousands of dollars, she said. Troopers are investigating the cow killing, and that's about all a spokesman would say about it last week. Bates, <clears throat> Bates said she and her husband have sent tissue samples from three cows to a lab in Washington State for necropsy and hopes they might shed some light on the case. But she too has her suspicions based on what she's encountered during a lifetime of ranching. Okay, now get this. Quote, I originally come from Idaho, and we've seen this before, where you have cults that have come through and do cattle mutilations and take reproductive organs. Eyeballs, she said. Bates said she's just speculating about that. Now, I'm sorry that this woman lost her cow. I'm sorry her cow was mutilated. I mean, who knows what happened to this poor animal before it was killed. But I would have one question. Does she know of a single case where these satanic cow tippers, as I call them, have ever been caught? Do we have a single case of a cult that has actually been caught and prosecuted for mutilating cows? If someone has that, I would very much appreciate you send me a link to that story. I want to see a case where they've got a mutilated cow where that cow's been found, where there are no tracks around the crime scene, where there are no, where there's no blood at all, because these mutilations are bloodless. Now, they haven't mentioned it here, but so far I haven't heard anything about blood from this cow, where organs are cut out with precision. We have cases where cattle were cut open, uh, one of the three stomachs is cut out without, without touching the other two. I mean, this is surgical precision, okay? Surgical precision. In the middle of the night, by people that are either so evil that this is the kind of thing they like to do, or they're so poor they can't afford to go to the grocery store and buy their own hamburger. Bates said she's just speculating about that. Meanwhile, she and her husband have been spreading the word around the local agriculture community about the suspected cattle killings, and fellow farmers and ranchers have been donating money toward the $2,500 reward the Bates are offering for information leading to the conviction of the suspected rustlers. Now, you know, we've had these rewards offered before, and to my knowledge, there has never been a collection on one of these rewards. To my knowledge, they have never... I think there might have been one case where they found some idiot who was out randomly shooting cows or something. I'm sure that happens. But I'm talking about these cases where the farmer finds the cow in these remote areas. There's no tracks around the crime scene. Very, very important. No tracks. How do they get there? No sign of a struggle by the animal at all. This cow here, how did it get into the woods and did it go across a fence? See, we're missing key information here, but I think we can assume that those cows weren't let free to run through the timber up there in an area where there's known to be bears. Probably wolves, whatever, I don't know. But there would, I think it's safe to assume there would have been a fence between where this cow was at and where this cow was found. How did it get there? We're not getting basic questions answered. The thing that makes us the most sense to me is that something came along, picked this cow up, did whatever it did to it, and dropped it back off where it's at. That's what makes the most sense. That's the simplest explanation. What that thing was, who knows. But I think we can be sure that the satanic cow tippers weren't following Miss Bates from Idaho to Alaska to terrorize her cattle. I'm sure there are plenty of satanic cults around. But are they really going out in the middle of the night in Alaska, in bear country, and doing this? 
and leaving no tracks and somehow moving a thousand pound animal over a barbed wire fence with no tracks. Really? Is that possible? Does that seem like a reasonable explanation? Okay, I want to go on to the next uh, report of this and maybe a little bit more open-minded, or at least a little bit more mindful toward the way that I would look at it. This is from the Mysterious Universe. They have a lot of good stuff on there. It says, Cattle mutilations are reported in Mysterious Alaska Triangle. They point out that this area lives in the very southern part of Alaska, and there's what's called the Alaskan Triangle, or Alaskan Mystery Triangle, whatever you want to call it. It runs from, basically from Anchorage, or just south of Anchorage, all the way east, down along the southern coast of Alaska. Of course, you know, Alaska is a huge state. So that means it runs clear down to Canada, and then it makes a triangle up to the north, the very north of Alaska. So you have this, you have this uh, triangle kind of standing on its base. And there are a lot of missing cases in there. I can tell you, when I was in Alaska many years ago, uh, one of the locals told us who we'd gotten a ride from said, look, if you go hiking, do not get off the trails. And he explained that we were at, uh, down the Kenai Peninsula, he explained that there, a lot of the soil there, I don't know if it's because they're permafrost or what, but basically he said it's kind of like a quicksand almost. He said, you don't know where it's at. You can get off the trails and you get into stuff. He said, you're dead and they'll never find you. And there were, this is back in 91 when I was there many, many years ago. And there were a lot of missing uh, posters around and it's a heavily uh, touristed area. And so people do just go off, taking off, you know, hiking by themselves out in the middle of the wilderness. I mean, uh, a little crazy to me, but, you know, we spent a couple weeks camping there. It was great. But it can be a very, very dangerous place. And, yes, there are lots and lots of missing people that go missing in Alaska. And it's a dangerous environment, and they probably just don't have the resources to spend, you know, months and months and months looking for people. So I don't think they do. Now, it says... Cattle mutilations are reported in the mysterious Alaska Triangle. Cattle mutilations are a mysterious and seemingly ever-present problem in cattle-raising states across the middle of the U.S. and north to Oregon in the Pacific Northwest. Cows whose outer body parts are an inter- and inter- internal organs have been removed with surgical precision while the wounds don't bleed, or the corpses are drained of blood entirely. Baffle law enforcement officials, terrorize fearful cattle ranchers, and stimulate stories of aliens collecting DNA or secret government organizations collecting data on secret government programs spreading secret government diseases. One state that seems to have escaped the cattle mutilation plague is number 49, Alaska. That changed this week when a rancher in Delta Junction, Alaska, found one mysteriously mutilated cow and two more dead of suspicious causes. Delta Junction is in the Alaska Triangle, a three-sided area that is notorious for the number of people who have disappeared there. Could there be a connection between the mutilation and the Alaska Triangle? Rosanna says, It was not something any eight-year-old girl should see, according to Delta Junction rancher Tangi Bates. She and her husband owned 300 head of cattle and grazed 100 in a field near a wooded area where the two girls were playing earlier this week. Bates Bates told Alaska Public Radio what the girls found was a dead cow, a lactating female whose body showed the telltale signs of cattle mutilation after it was killed. And then it goes on and describes the injuries that we read. They had cut her her ears off, cut her udder off, and her reproduction organs, 
cut her eyes out, the back straps out. Like I said, if this was just somebody trying to find uh, a cheap source of hamburger, why would they ever go to the trouble to cut the cow's ears off, cut her udder off, her reproduction organs, and her eyes? That makes absolutely zero sense. This incident comes a week after the Bates found the bodies of two other dead cows that were in a condition that did not indicate death by natural causes. Man, I would love to know what that condition was. Bates quickly ruled out an attack by a wolf, dog, bear, or other wild predator because the cuts, like all the other cattle mutilations, were too precise. We have a butcher shop. We know the difference. Tangie Bates also knows cattle mutilations. She's a lifelong rancher who also raised cows in Idaho, the state that has had many unresolved mutilation cases. And then it says uh, cults in Alaska. It sounds like... Uh, referring to the comment that Ms. Bates made about thinking that it could be uh, cults that did this. Cults in Alaska, it sounds like Bates is grasping for straws in this case because Alaska is not known for having any cases of cattle mutilations. Scott Mugrave, another Delta Junction rancher who is currently the president of the Alaska Farm Bureau, says he's never heard of one. He thinks the mutilations were done by someone desperate for meat. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes on here. It says, should they look into the... The Alaska Triangle Connection. The so-called Alaska Triangle is formed by drawing a straight line between Yukatakwagwiv, formerly known as Barrow, Alaska. I guess they had to change the name. On the state's north coast to Anchorage to Juneau across the southern coast. That mountainous and heavily wooded area is said by DiscoveryDeem.com to be the place where 16,000 people have disappeared just since 1988, far more than the more famous Bermuda Triangle. Those missing people include Alaska residents, hikers, tourists, airplane passengers, and more. While the Alaska Triangle disappearances likely have been going on for longer, the first major incident to catch the attention of the media outside the state occurred in 1950 when a C-54 Skymaster carrying an eight-man crew and 36 passengers was was last heard from as it flew over a small town in Yukon. A search effort was mounted using more than 75 U.S. and Canadian planes, aided by thousands of volunteers on foot, but nothing was ever found of the C-54. Another famous Alaska Triangle mystery occurred in 1972 when the plane-carrying U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs lost contact in a storm somewhere between Anchorage and Juneau, and despite a massive 39-day search effort, no records or traces of the passengers were ever found. <clears throat> While the area is rugged and beset by bad weather year-round, that can't account for all the 16,000 people missing and disappearing planes. Native Americans, particularly the Tingelet and Tismashan Indians, indigenous to southeastern Alaska, speak of the shape-shifting Kishataka or Land Otter Man, considered to be the Bigfoot of the Alaskan Triangle. Could the, could the Kushtaka be responsible for the cattle mutilation? Then it goes on and says, in, 19, <clears throat> in 1986, people aboard Japan Airlines Flight 1628, traveling from Iceland to Anchorage, witnessed three unidentified flying objects while passing through the Alaska Triangle. Their report said the UFO resembled, the flash, resembled flashing lights and chased the airplane, disappeared, reappeared and flew at normally high speeds. Well, uh, that was a case that we've covered here on the podcast, and I believe that 
spaceship was reported to be the size of an aircraft carrier. I actually remember uh, when that happened, hearing about it. Uh, it was, of course, before the Internet, but yeah, really almost hard to believe. It says, finally, there are those who believe the strange events in Alaska Triangle are due to energy vortexes swirling in certain places within it, locations where intense energy swirls in clockwise or counterclockwise circles, creating positive and negative effects that are said to impact the physical, mental, and emotional well-being of humans. Could the cortexes cause cattle to be disoriented and vulnerable to harm? Well, you know, I really, I really think that there are a lot of strange things that happen in this area. There's no doubt about that. There's been lots of UFO sightings. I think we did uh, an episode on on the uh, fellow back in the 90s that was out uh, hunting wolves at night and came back home with a uh, alien implant that he finally had removed. All this kind of stuff. I I lent more toward the alien explanation myself. I find it strange that this is the first time that a cattle mutilation has been reported. But you know, you have to wonder how many how many uh, cattle are actually raised in Anchorage. And how many times has this, has this actually happened? But people just wrote it off as a bear kill or something else. You know, that's that's what comes to my mind. I think it's important, though, when we look at these cases, that the first thing that we do is we have to establish the facts. We're not, we're not obligated to come up with the answers. But what we can do is ask questions. And as long as those questions to very specific uh, common sense questions, as long as there's no answers... Then we have to keep asking. Like I said, what, what, why would somebody who was stealing to me bother with cutting out the eyes, uh, the tongue, you know, the, the, the sex organs, the utter, this, all this kind of crazy stuff? Why would they bother with that if they were just looking to uh, steal some hamburger? If it was some kind of a cult, why would they go out in the middle of uh, the, the woods, basically, in Alaska, in bear country, in the middle of the night, and do this and, and, and kill this animal, wouldn't it be easier just to buy a cow and have your little cultic uh, whatever thing uh, in the safety of your own uh, little cult uh, house? I don't know. Why would you want to wander out in the middle of, in the middle of the country where there's all kinds of wild animals out? And you might get shot by, a, by an irate farmer. Who knows? It's Alaska. To me, that's just, to me, that's just off the charts. And secondly, where's the blood? So you see, we have no motive for a person doing this. If a person, if if I found that cow and it had been it had been field dressed like it would have been if they shot a moose or a deer or something, then I could say, yeah, they killed this cow to eat it. That's one thing; it's been field dressed. But you know, if you're field dressing an animal in Alaska, there where they apparently have bears in that area, because that was one of the first things they said it was. Well, could it be a bear attack or a wolf attack? Look. You're not going to field dress that animal in the middle of the night and take the time to cut out the sex organs. That's the last thing on your mind. You're going to want to get loaded up and get out of there. Secondly, so we don't have a motive for this mutilation. There's no human motive for this mutilation. So if you have no motive, then the second thing you ask yourself is, where's the means? Because there's no talk about any tracks being around this thing. How did the cow get? How did the cow? How did the body of the cow get moved from the pasture to the woods? We know it was moved. We know that it was in the pasture. Somehow ends up in the woods. They obviously aren't. They, they obviously aren't running those cattle to the timber. It would have had to cross the fence in there sometime. And and thirdly, where's the blood at? Once again, we heard nothing about the blood. Couldn't they have said, well, there's blood here, blood there, blood there. There was some kind of a struggle. Uh, 
if this animal had been butchered on the spot, there would, be, there would be blood around. Gallons of blood would have been lost. None of that. So what we have is another mutilated cow. I almost would say it's like a sacrificed cow that's left there, not in the place where it was at, but they've moved it. It's almost as if either they don't care. I don't know why they. Re- I don't even know why they have to return these things. But for some reason, they seem, seem like they have to return them. But just within you know a general area. So I don't see that we're dealing with any kind of a of a human suspect here at all. To me, this is something that's way beyond that. It's very strange, and it's another one of these uh, behaviors. Another one of these one of these things that happen that make me believe that we're not dealing with an entity uh, that that's a loving, happy, cheerful, caring thing that wants to, that's here to help. Okay, this has all the harm hallmarks of some kind of a sociopathic entity that's doing its own thing and uh, it maybe it's being held back at some level to where it can't do more harm but it's doing as much harm as it can get by with that's how I see it it's doing as much harm as it can get by with I'm not you know you can we can have discussions about what is it that's holding this thing back but I don't see uh, anything good about it this to me is malicious anything even if it was a person that did this to an animal, you know, and I say that as a person that probably eats hamburgers, what was done to this cow was malicious, okay, and and evil. And so I think it's time that we start having having a adult conversation about, you know, what in the world's going on with these things, and why can't they answer the questions of why these things are are why there's no why there why there are no tracks, why the cuts are so cleanly done. And why there's no blood. Until they can answer those three questions, I'm not interested in a single thing that a debunker has to say. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Hey, you can check this out on the YouTube channel. I put a link up there on the Spotify uh, dashboard. I posted some stuff over there and take a look if you like. Until next time, this is UFO, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.